0: Hi, welcome to the Revenue Lounge podcast. I'm your host, Abhijit Vijay Varghil, and I'm excited to take you on a journey where we unpack stories of the RevOps warriors around us and celebrate the various facets of this important go to market function we call revenue operations. Let's hear it from these revenue rock stars on how they are reimagining RevOps in creative and disruptive ways. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Revenue Lounge. Our guest today is Mahesh Kumar. He's a senior director of revenue operations at AppUX. So Mahesh is, is counted amongst the top 25 RevoPS leaders of 2022. He has 11 years of experience in high growth, dynamic sales and marketing environments. We're delighted to have you today on the Revenue Lounge. And thanks for spending time with us today. Very excited with the conversation.
1: Thank you, Abhijit. Uh, It was definitely a pleasure meeting you and thanks for the invitation.
0: Yeah. Looking forward to learning more from your experience. So let's jump straight into our conversation. So my first question is just about your introduction. If you can tell a little bit about your current role at AppUX, let's get started with that.
1: Sure, Abhijit. So in my current role, my team and I spend predominantly the, the idea is to provide strategic value by aligning and optimizing the revenue go-to-market functions right so it's sales marketing and customer success the ultimate goal is to make sure we improve the lead to revenue and retention funnel and personally i spend a lot of time on uncovering insights from the data points we collect throughout the revenue funnel and feed those back to the corporate strategy and business goals
0: yeah, that's that's phenomenal. I mean, you are basically the unsung hero there who is helping the GTM engine drive those dollars. So very excited to hear how the data part plays out. Um, so before we move on to the nitty gritties of what you do here, it would be good to un- get your understanding of revenue operations because there's one question that I ask everyone because there's so many different versions of revenue operations that goes around. So would be interesting to hear your perspective on what, what do you define as RevOps?
1: Yeah, that's a definitely a very common and interesting question the way how I look at revenue operations to kind of remove the art part of the revenue engine and bring science to it so it's like make the revenue engine a science oriented engine right like remove the gut feel hunches and and the the art part of it so that's the ultimate goal Uh, that's how I define revenue operations and for that to happen, yeah, definitely we need to get the process aspect, technology aspect, and, and the data aspect accurate and put it together. But the key is to uncover the, the hidden insights, right? Like when, when we put all these pieces together, there are lots of signals and insights. The key is to uncover these insights and feed it back. That's when RevOps becomes a game changer and, and, and drives growth.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. So moving from tactical to strategic, right? I think a lot of RevOps people have become very good hands-on operators, dealing with a lot of data issues, reporting requirements, system implementations, training onboarding as well in some cases. But I think what you are probably emphasizing is evolution of RevOps into a strategic profit center for the organization, not just being a cost center, a revenue driver of sorts, where you're digging into data, which is hidden, it's buried in silos, it's scattered across different functions and tools and systems and using that to drive valuable insights to drive the business. So very interesting. So give us some examples of some of these insights that you'd probably uncover on a day-to-day basis on a quarterly basis, just will help our audience visualize and appreciate the impact of analyzing this data.
1: Absolutely. So. In the entire revenue supply chain, right, like we have a lot of touch points like handoffs and like handoffs from marketing to sales, sales to customer success, and of course, like from onboarding implementation and things like that. So in all these handoffs and touch points, we track, measure, and collect a lot of data points. And there are multiple ways to slice and dice these. We primarily look at, if you ask me, on a quarterly basis, we track all those data points and see like, how are we trending, right? Is there any change that we have to do? It's a constant exercise. It's an ongoing exercise where it's not like we come up with a plan and the plan is like solid for a year or so. We keep on like revisiting the plan on a quarterly basis to understand are the metrics in line with our expectations and the goals. Classic examples can be what is our customer acquisition cost, right? And are we spending more? Are we spending less? Are we hiring uh, the sales personnel in the right territories? Like when is the right time to divide a territory into two? These are some strategic decisions, right, like where all these data points help us, other than the standard, how is my sales cycle doing, how can I improve my sales cycle, where are my sales reps stuck, what is kind of bottleneck in the entire sales process, and all the other aspects, right, in terms of lead, I mean, which source is, I mean, performing, where is the best ROI I'm getting, so these are all like constant metrics that we measure, specifically, most of this we measure on a quarterly basis and try to see if they are in line with our expectations and
0: make changes accordingly. Awesome. Now, this is very valuable. And I think the interesting part here is that you're talking about RevOps operating across the revenue funnel, right? From lead to cash. So there's so much of value addition that can be done across these different stages. And yeah, that brings me to this point around what should revenue operations report into? Because you're actually having a full funnel view, which typically, a CRO or a CEO or a COO would have, right? And the RevOps is in a unique position to have that full funnel view. So where do you think RevOps should sit as a function?
1: Yeah, this is another definitely interesting question and a lot of debate around this topic, you know, uh, I still feel RevOps should be part of the revenue organization and it should report into a chief revenue officer. Definitely, there will be a very close interaction with the the finance side of it because it, it involves like spend, cost and all those details. And there should also be a direct cadence with the CEO. But when it comes to like tactically where it should sit, I strongly feel it should be part of uh, the chief revenue officer's function. Because as you said, we have to talk to sales, marketing, customer success. The, the, I mean, there's a channel involved. We have to talk to channel sales the entire nine yards of the revenue. So it it would be ideal for the revops to uh, sit under the the CRO's uh, organization.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think very, very relevant point there. I personally feel as well. I think CRO, CRO org is the right place to host revops, but I've seen interesting structures in different organizations. So I do ask this question as well when I speak to my guests. Yeah. The next question, which I am very much looking forward to is learning about your story, Mahesh, like what's your story of getting into revenue operations? And I understand you've been in the space for a long time before the space was called revenue operations. I think everybody knows sales operations, which has been there for quite a few years, but yeah, revenue operations is relatively new. So you can just walk us through your initial journey and how you reach where you are. That would be very interesting for the audience.
1: Sure. So I started, like I spent a lot of time on the revenue side of it, almost my entire career till date. So I started with a pre-sales or a solution engineer kind of role where helping, working closely with the sales and also talking to the technical aspect, showing the product to the customers and things like that. And from there, I moved into sales. I built a BDR, SDR team and started building some small sales organization. That was like for a couple of years. Then I again moved to marketing. I kind of like built and lead a marketing team for three plus years. So I had an opportunity to get a get a unique vantage point where I see uh, like I mean what it is to be in the as a sales guy and what it is to be a marketing person right that way I understood that, okay there is a lot of gaps there's a lot of misalignment that needs to be taken care of so I moved back from marketing into the sales operations role and uh, like that's been like a lot of process enhancements improvements bringing the right tech stack uh, and all those exercises uh, i was kind of doing and by the time the industry came up with the revenue operations term and i was already in the revops uh, during the time doing all all the sales planning revenue modeling quotas commissions and and, and the entire nine yards of uh, revenue operations
0: yeah very interesting my next question is what's been your biggest data related nightmare when you executed RevOps strategy?
1: Yeah, so I was running marketing uh, for a few years and I thought I have a good hang on the data. I know what is happening in the organization. But later I realized that uh, there are multiple versions of the same data, right? I mean, every department had their own version of data. In fact, the definition of some of the terms it in itself varies from uh, department to department in terms of understanding. So that was a biggest, uh, I mean, uh, uh, challenge, right? Uh, where like you need to, make sure everyone has the same understanding what they are talking about bringing everyone on the same page and to kind of get rid of different set of data points around the same topic so that was like kind of working with different individuals making sure like the system of record is same for everyone and we are all talking the same language same definitions same nomenclature so that was the initial challenge and because it was too hard to make any decisions drive any decisions with all this siloed data so that's where i really felt there's a huge need to bring all these pieces together and that was a huge challenge in the initial days so it all started for me with the data part of it more than the technology and process because of course if the the process is broken you're not going to get the right data if the technology is not integrated if again it is broken like there are going to be challenges around the data so it, it all started for me from the data and that, that's when I thought, okay, this is a huge challenge and it's, it's a big nightmare to be addressed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how did you went about executing that challenge? I mean, you kept talking about siloed data, scattered systems. So how did you go ahead and solve this problem?
1: Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it was definitely challenging, but the one common aspect is every leader had a same ultimate goal, right? Like everyone wanted to like, I mean, hit the growth numbers, actually everyone wanted to achieve the numbers. So that was a common thread connecting every other function. So I, I took like the top down approach actually, right? And uh, I took that as a key aspect. I started talking to the individual leaders, convinced them in terms of how can they do things better provided if they are making the right decisions, right? Like how can we test hypothesis if we have the right data points? And so it's, it's like uh, aligning on the purpose and uh, like the outcomes that we want actually and of course then you set expectations the goal is to bring like full transparency because definitely like i mean the lack of transparency in the data costs a lot of revenue growth to the business right so once everyone understood this then it was quite easy of course the, the tactical portion was there like you had to do like a lot of work in terms of getting this together but from the from the like leadership buy-in, then once the leadership like bought into this, then it becomes definitely much easy. Actually, you kind of have like necessary data experts, data analysts in the team. Make sure like you are taking the right decisions in terms of building the framework. And once that is done, the initial results and outcomes come in, and that's it. Like I mean, everyone starts loving it.
0: Got it. And how do you convince an executive on this data strategy? I uh, think this one view of data or breaking the silos because I understand that every department has a department leader, right? Whether it's a VP sales, VP marketing, VP customer success. They could be VP of inside sales or demand generation. So, I mean, they're all having their own goals and priorities and they have a different team. They have, all, they have their own tech stack. Sometimes they might even have their own ops person, right? I mean, they might have their own internal markups or sales ops. So how do you basically go ahead and get an alignment there at a strategic level? What would you recommend to some of the other RevOps uh, folks out there who are listening to this podcast on how they can go and get an executive buy-in if you can just probably shed some light uh, basis your experience?
1: Sure. So uh, the way how I went ahead with this is identifying some of the use cases, right? Uh, when I say some of the use cases, I'll give an example in a couple of minutes, but before that, the... The idea is, like, once, like, I mean, as you mentioned, like, then VP of sales, VP of inside sales, probably, and marketing, so everyone thought, like, okay, my function is doing good, and, uh, like, I mean, we, we, we are out there, like, I mean, things are, like, I mean, all are, are good, but when, ultimately, when we put everything together, like, if we don't still meet the goals or meet the numbers, then that becomes, like, okay, where is the real problem, right, like, then, kind of, that's when, like, uh, I sit with the executives and say like hey you know what if this is good then why are we not able to meet the goals so something is missing in the entire puzzle right and uh, a classic example I want to quote as an example is uh, we had a very solid handoff process after sales is done to the customer success and we thought it's all fantastic and everything is good but we realized that the onboarding used to take uh, quite a few weeks and uh, it can be done much better so One of the simple enhancements that we brought into the process, of course this was backed by a lot of data points, is like why don't we involve the onboarding and customer success team before we close a deal or before we close the sales. So that way they are very well aware of what are the customer expectations, what we have dealt with them before and what is their success and how can we show them value as soon as possible, how can we reduce the time to value, time to first value so what we did was in the strategic uh, deals we made sure the customer success and the onboarding team were involved well in the sales cycle itself towards the later stages of the sales cycle and uh, so once we close a transaction it was like uh, very easy and the customer didn't felt any transition gaps or whatever right like it was very seamless for the customer's uh, experience point of view and we were also able to do the necessary homework in the back end and make made sure like i mean we like Tend to deliver the the time to first value as soon as possible so uh, this was one classic example where i sat with the customer success executives also with the sales executives and we had a understanding where like okay we bring the customer success much earlier in the sales cycle so that way it's not like once we close a deal we bring the customer success into picture so pick and use cases my advice would be there will be a strong uh, such use case depending upon the maturity of the organization and pick those use cases and Turn around those use cases. That will be a, the, the the real success.
0: Yeah, I think it's great advice. So picking a relevant use case and connecting the benefit and value to your executive would definitely draw in attention and and possibly a sponsorship to carry out an initiative like this. But I do agree with you. That regardless of the the way this is achieved, I think doing it is important. I think getting this whole single view is very important for. RevOps to add strategic value and even organization to benefit from different types of revenue and data leaks that happen across the organization. So this is great. I had a next question for you, which is basically to understand the benefits that you have seen after going through this orchestration process. What are the top benefits that you have seen?
1: Right. So one of the main benefit is like once we have the data orchestrated, once we have very good hands on the data, we can test lot of hypotheses, right? Like whether is this working or that working. So that is something I personally admire a lot because it helps us to take right decisions. So we test lot of hypotheses. That is one of the biggest benefit in my point of view, because without having these data points orchestrated, I really don't think we can truly test the hypothesis. Right? Like there can still be scope of errors and things like that. And of course, like you tend to have a single source of truth in a way, and with all these latest and uh, like the compliance requirements, uh, you always tend to stay within compliance uh, with all the privacy laws and stuff and of course you get more visibility into the health of the business, what is working, what is not working, and you drive decisions based on like all these data points and not based on cut field right like these are the primary benefits I would see the visibility, the compliance aspect, testing the hypothesis, making right decisions. And remove any bias, right? From all these things, there's no bias. It's all like purely data-driven, fact-oriented, and there's no bias in terms of the decisions.
0: And at a root level, how did you initiate capture of the data or data flows in general, right? Because if you look at the entire revenue funnel, there is a lot of data that gets generated by different types of users, right? And they all use different tools, different communication systems. Sometimes they don't even use tools which are used by the organization. They might use their own tools as well so i mean the data is all over the place right and then there is data which gets generated by flows and exchanges between different systems which interact with each other so there is the human generated data there is system to human data and then there is system to system data and then there is internal data and external data right i mean within your internal revenue team then with your buying team buying committee that your revenue team interacts with so, I mean, there's so much of digital data workload today, which was not there three, four years back. So how do you go ahead connect, connecting and capturing all of this and bringing it into your core system of record?
1: Yeah. So it is a definitely a huge challenge. And as you mentioned, every other team or for every other specific purpose or need, we tend to use different point solutions, right? It's not like one solution is going to like, I mean, there's a, there are like so many different tools and technologies and solutions out there and it's. Solves a specific use case, right? So uh, there, I strongly feel like, yeah, the point solutions will continue to exist and teams will definitely use those to make sure like they they solve their problem statements, specific problem statements. The, again, the the idea is that's where I want to use the word orchestrate and not to use the word consolidate because there is no way we can consolidate things actually in in, in today's era and as you rightly mentioned, there is user-generated data, system-generated data internal external and this the, the best way is to orchestrate all these things so get to know when to use what data and make sure you have the right tools uh, to kind of pull those data aspects but for that to happen the data needs needs to be in a very structured way it's uh, so uh, definitely the, the lot of hard work needs to go behind the scenes in terms of categorizing the data what is important what is not important and uh, structuring the data so that way every data is uh, like kind of structured in the same format same pattern right uh, and then kind of making sure that all those data is available for whenever we need for different set of like, I mean, analysis. So yeah, it's about looking at the bigger picture and making sure like, okay, first of all, it's, I think it's all about categorizing, structuring, and making sure it's available for any sort of analysis. Then you can, of course, feed into any sort of visualization tools, whatever Tableau or probably whatever tool it is actually, and try to consume it in, in the format that we want.
0: Got Got it. Are there any specific tools that you use to bring the data in? I mean, I understand you gave example about visualization where there are tools like Tableau and other BI systems which can be used. And I think most of the organizations have Salesforce as a core CRM or sometimes HubSpot or or Microsoft Dynamics. But with with regards to connecting this data, what, what are the tools that you've used which have been helpful for you to orchestrate this data better?
1: Yeah. So we also use Salesforce for CRM and we have a big tech stack overall. So the first goal is to try to do native integration, right? Like uh, rather than bringing any other tool. So wherever possible, we try to make sure that the integration is native integration and there is a seamless connection between the two systems and the data is being captured in, in in the format that we would like to have. But sometimes definitely we have to compromise in some of the aspects. So that's where like we, today we, we just like, I mean, we don't have any uh, classic ETL system or a tool. But what we do is we do have internal, I mean, uh, internal tool. It's more like a, a lot of scripts that we have used. Some, some of this, we even use our own product to do some sort of like workflows to move data from one aspect to another aspect. So we don't have any out of the box solution from the market for to orchestrate. It is done using like a bunch of scripts and automation scripts internally
0: yeah i can imagine a lot of midnight oil was burnt to make that happen and a lot of heavy lifting of like uh, moving mountains there data mountains of sorts to get all of that in but i believe once i think it's done you're sitting on a gold mine right i mean you have that unique visibility which can generate those powerful timely insights to drive business actions yeah well that's great wonderful to hear how you've accomplished that t- uphill task Now I want to touch upon the uh, mindset shift, right? I mean, I think one is uh, the execution aspect of it, but I believe a lot of it has to also do with mindset, right? I think most of the high growth companies are busy with driving sales at any cost, growth at any cost. And what you described is a very patient game of like getting the data sets connected together, getting tech stack, talk to each other, getting them talk to the CRM, getting CRM talk to the uh, visualization tools. So all of this is a lot of great patience and it takes time to make it reliable and and accurate, right? Whereas on the sales or GTM side, it's more about, okay, let's sign the next customer. Let's find the next 10 customers. Let's let's find the next 100 customers, right? So that works at a very different momentum. So what do you reckon of the mindset shift that's required by a high growth organization to invest into this data orchestration program?
1: Yeah, definitely there should be a, it's a mindset as you mentioned it's just a shift in the mindset right bringing the data culture i would say that is the key mindset shift that we want to have because it is easy to go ahead and kind of okay i have a acute problem now right and i just need to pick a right technology to solve this problem right it's kind of painful today and i just need a solution or a technology to solve this problem it is easy to go with that approach but the fact is like whether this solution that whatever we are choosing right like how is this going to overlay with the current data tech stack or like the data infrastructure and same goes not only with technology even the internal processes right it is easy to make tweaks changes in the processes but what is the impact of those changes to the current data infrastructure right like for instance i can still use the same historical data to run the analysis because of some process changes it can be as simple as uh, changing a sales stage in a CRM right it can be any small change but I think looking each and every problem or every change that we make from the data mindset is the key actually and that is the mindset shift that we want. So I would call like the culture of it's a data culture right the reason why this will be very critical is like this is what is going to help drive the momentum yeah, it's very important to drive like, I mean, what are my next 10 deals, right? Like, how can I do more? Actually, how can I hit my numbers? But for those to happen, we definitely need the right data so that we can take the right decisions. So having the data culture, that's the uh, mindset shift that we we definitely
0: want. Yeah, yeah, rightfully so. I think mindset is is very important to make things happen on ground, right? I mean, if you don't have the mindset, and you don't shift it in line with what you want to execute, you will see very different results. So you bang on with your in suggestion there. I wanted to touch upon the next aspect is again linked to like hyper growth, which is about scalability, right? I mean, once uh, somebody invests in this data program for, from an orchestration standpoint, creating a single source of growth, largely it's like CRM, but yeah, I think it's CRM plus plus where you, you get all of these things together, but how do you solidify it as the organization scales, right? And a lot of time that scale happens very fast, right? So what, what would be your recommendation and thoughts around scalability?
1: Yeah, that's a very great question because it's a very common problem for the startups, right? Because they grow fast and once they grow to a particular stage, the, suddenly everything becomes irrelevant and you have to do everything from scratch because the problem statement changes, the, the, the entire dynamics changes, right? So I, I think when we build, definitely a lot of revops, uh, people come back and say like, hey, you know what, if I would have got a chance, I would have done it in a different way. Right. looking back from the hindsight so uh, the key is whatever we do will this stay relevant after a couple of years once the company moves to a next level of growth right will this stay relevant if not let's not implement it now right let's make sure whatever we do is kind of built to scale right that's what I say the goal is to kind of build things to scale it's not just like to solve a a problem today no, no quick fix no (laughs) patches it's all about making sure we get the scalability portion of it addressed so yeah the, the thing is it's just a thought process again like will this stay relevant after say x number of years or after the organization hits this particular number will this still stay relevant if so then go ahead if not like we have to rethink
0: yeah it's a very tough thing to do actually because even on the product development side right i mean You have to continuously look at scaling your architecture i mean it's a similar problem that how do you handle the user volume that's going to hit you transaction volume that's going to hit you and you design probably an architecture keeping 12 18 24 months or 36 months (laughs) and then sometimes you get that scale even sooner which is a great news for the business but then it's a nightmare for the engineering team i believe the same problem occurs here in revenue operations as well when you're tying together all the systems, data, process, tech stack, and they all start scaling, right? If the business is growing, I think it, it becomes a similar problem. So it's interesting to do, drive the right balance of getting something done quickly because the business needs it at the same time, making sure that it's scalable and scalable for like a certain period, right? So that you don't have to keep doing this every six months.
1: That's right. Or, or we should try to have a path of moving from place A to place B as we kind of go. So if we have at least a high level path kind of like defined or understood, then I think it's, it's okay. So I, I mean, again, it's just making sure we think about that, like, okay, what's like if suddenly so there's a huge disruption, right? Like how am i going to change my architecture? How am I going to change my tech stack? Like what will be the impact? So, but, but yeah, if there is an exit path and making sure it, it's about is my processes and tech stack resilient, how resilient it is actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. My next question for you is around matrix, right? So what are some of the key matrix to track that you would recommend for any DevOps person to make sure that there is an alignment in terms of data and there's an alignment in terms of taking these right decisions. So what are some of the common matrix that you'd personally track and you'd recommend other DevOps people to track?
1: Sure. So I look at metrics from three different perspectives. One of the top business metrics, these are like the customer acquisition cost, what is the, how much, I mean, cost of customer retention, lifetime value of the customer. So these are like the typical key business metrics that help in uh, uh, kind of long-term planning and uh, strategic decisions. Then you go a uh, level down and track uh, metrics like uh, the sales cycle time, the average, like uh, deal size, ACV, and uh, again, like slice and dice by different products categories different geos in in whatever uh, attributes uh, that, that are applicable because these are the metrics that will help us to again like these can be strong inputs to the product management for pricing for the sales the sales leaders in terms of how can they change any processes or like where the sales team is kind of struggling what type of enablement we need actually and things like that and of course the third level metrics is more focused uh, in terms of the campaign metrics, right? Like which campaign is working? Where I'm spending money actually, Like right? What is working, what is not working? So it's all from macro to the micro. So it's like uh, the top business metrics that we have to track, relevant, like, I mean, uh, that, that is extremely relevant for the business uh, from the long-term strategic point of view. And uh, the day-to-day metrics, right? Like uh, the A-B testing that we do for different campaigns and uh, the web analytics, like, I mean, what type of traffic I'm getting? What is working? What is not working? All the way from like a simple ad impressions and things like that so from macro to micro you have to look from all, all the aspects
0: interesting there are some of very important metrics to track for any uh, anybody out there so thanks for laying it out for some of us who are getting onto that journey my last question in this segment is a bit interesting it's more around the future right and we talked about the past we talked about the present like the key challenges and how to overcome data orchestration. If you have to look at future from a revenue operation standpoint broadly, where do you see the function is headed? Let's say five years down the line, what what do you see the future like?
1: Yeah, so as we kind of started with this, right? It's definitely, I think the future of RevOps is the shift will be more from tactical to strategic. That's the key. In fact, I think RevOps will be a key differentiator of successful teams. And the scope of RevOps will expand I already started seeing some organizations where like customer experience is part of revops actually i mean it's definitely surprising and shocking or whatever but already like the scope of revops is expanding and i think the future is like as i said like it's definitely the scope will be more it will be strategic and there will be direct responsibility for growth revops will have a direct responsibility for growth and they will kind of impact the revenue strategy. And because of all these data decisions, the insights that they drive, they will impact the revenue strategy and own the responsibility for the growth.
0: Awesome. Very excited with that future that you described. Looking forward to the next five years. Uh, but I do agree with you. The way the function of revenue operations has evolved in the last five years. is just the beginning. We're just at the tip of the iceberg. There's so much of value it can deliver. It's a business critical function and we just, we just started acknowledging the benefits there so there's a lot to be achieved and yeah very exciting future ahead i highly recommend that as a as a great career path for anybody who is getting started in their career i think revenue operations is an exciting new area of work people can start their career in so this brings us to the end of the first segment our second segment is rapid fire questions very quick simple questions just to know you a little better before we end today's episode so the question number one that I have for you is tell us about a book that you recently read and you loved it.
1: Yep. Yeah, the most recent one would be Your Next 5 Moves by Patrick David. That's a, that's a real nice book. He talks about business strategy and a very good book. Your Next 5 Moves.
0: Which was your favorite move out of the five?
1: <laughs> of course, like the he talks about strategy a lot actually. The entire book is about strategy. So, uh, yeah.
0: All right. Question number two. What's your favorite part of working in RevOps,
1: problem solving, making, yeah, making decisions. I mean, making coming up with decisions and making those decisions that solve the problems. And you also get to see the the results or outcomes, right? Like whether either you can be right or wrong doesn't matter. But you kind of like got an opportunity to solve the problem, attend to the problem.
0: Yeah, very very interesting. And what's the least favorite part about working in revenue operations?
1: This is like you get swamped with ad hoc requests on day-to-day basis, right? Some can be very tactical. So sometimes you can't plan the day because you start a day with a different plan. But when you look back, like, oh, you know what, like, I just got swamped with all these ad hoc requests.
0: You do. <laughs> Next question. Um, Who is one RevOps peer or leader you personally look up to and why?
1: Yeah. He, Okay, he's not a REVOPs leader, but he, he's like, a, I used to work with uh, Ryan Windham. He was used to be a CEO in the past, and he's a fantastic leader. I admire him and love working with him.
0: Yeah, and why is that? What, what particular aspect of his skill or experience that you really appreciate?
1: Again, I'm a little data analytical person, right? So when somebody is also talking the similar language, you tend to kind of find the synergy and find the bond there. So, I mean, uh, even small decisions that we take, he used to kind of like look at the data aspect of it where the uh, data scientist aspect hat, and so that's why i definitely look up to
0: him yeah yeah no that's that's fascinating the second last question for you is around an advice that you received from someone that has stayed with you attention to detail attention to detail yeah i second that highly i've made a lot of blunders myself by not not being detail oriented in the past so i completely agree with that advice definitely and especially in a RevOps function it's super important, right, to have the detail orientation. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Mahesh. And the last question for you is a piece of advice you like to give to our audience, especially for the ones who are starting their career in RevOps. What would be your advice to them?
1: My advice would be build to scale. Do not take any hasty decisions or like a very short-term fix is not a way to go. So build to scale is my decision, my advice. No, no short-term fixes.
0: No short-term fixes and built to scale. Yeah, that, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you, Mahesh, for your time today and sharing all of this insights and wealth of information and golden nuggets. I really liked the conversation and I'm sure our audience are going to appreciate the conversation we had today. Thank you again.
1: Thank you, Abhijit. It was great interacting with you and thanks again. Have a great day.